third part of our uh, series on Simply Christmas, and we are looking at Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And uh, two weeks ago, we looked at the uh, important core doctrine that Paul points out in this passage of Scripture. This is really a song, a poem, a song that uh, the early church sang, but uh, referencing the deity of Christ. This is one of the core doctrines of the Christian faith, that Jesus, who, who came as a baby, came as God himself. Uh, he was clothed in human flesh, but he was just as much God as he was man. And uh, Paul makes that uh, very clear. Scripture, beginning with the Old Testament, uh, tells us that uh, the Messiah is going to come. And uh, all of the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus. And... Uh, the, the Gospels is not a parenthesis. It is the exclamation mark of the Old Testament. And as we get past the Gospels, we look at the letters, and the letters all refer back to the person of Jesus Christ and who Jesus really was. And Paul makes that very clear in Philippians chapter 2. And I just want to read, uh, beginning with verse 5, once again, Paul's words. He says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, and that form means morphe, nature, uh, he was, his nature did not change when he became a man. He was just as much God as he was man. And the Bible says, though he was in the form of God, did not count Equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. In essence, Jesus didn't give up his deity. He divested himself of his deity to become man. And as he was man, he had all the rights the authority and the power to call upon the legions of angels and do whatever he wanted to do as God, but he emptied himself of that. He didn't see that as something to be grasped, but maintained his identity as a man and as a servant and was constantly saying no to the things he could have been, that were made available to him. He was very much, his nature was very much God, and at the same time, his nature was very much man. He became a servant. And so we looked at that two weeks ago, how, how God gave up uh, his throne in heaven and became one of us. And then last week, we looked at the, the the word servant. First week was God. Second week is servant. You know, what did Jesus come to do? Who did he make himself to be? 
He didn't make himself a um, um, an upper class citizen or a middle class citizen. The Bible says that Jesus made himself nothing. He became a servant. And again, the nature, the form of a servant is the same word, morphe. He didn't come and pretend to be a servant. The Bible says he became a slave. I was going to have a bar up here this morning, a, a little, a big old long PVC pipe, and uh, and ask you to guess what uh, that was. And uh, it, what's that game that you play when you lower the bar, bar for limbo? Okay, that was going to be a limbo bar. And uh, and when it came to the life of Jesus. He's the world's record holder when it comes to the game Limbo. Because Jesus made himself lower than anyone who has ever lived. He was the lowest of low um, so that he can identify with all mankind. And he became so low that he humbled himself, the Bible says, even to the point of death. Even the death on the cross, which was the worst form of punishment. But God subjected himself to that kind of humility to become the perfect sacrifice that would appease the heart of a holy and righteous God. God can't look at sin. God can't accept sin. Sin must be punished. And it didn't, it couldn't require just any person hanging from that cross. It required God Himself hanging that, from that cross to appease the heart of a holy God. And that's what Jesus subjected Himself to when He came to earth as a babe born in Bethlehem. He was God. He was a servant. And Paul points all these things out to, to us for us to know and to, to have that same kind of attitude as followers of him. Paul says, have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. And so that's what we're looking at this morning, but uh, I don't have a sermon this morning. We're going to hear from uh, some individuals who have the mind of Christ, who are willing, have or are willing to leave everything uh, to serve Christ and proclaim the gospel to others. Our next uh, individual who also has the mind of Christ is uh, our newest uh, member of Emmanuel. His name is John Vargas, and maybe uh, you've met him. He recently went on our Takati mission trip, but uh, I've had a few conversations with uh, John, and uh, 
He loves the Lord, and uh, his heart is on the mission field. That's where uh, he wants to be, and God's sending him. And so we have a little video we want to share with you uh, about AIM, and what, what does AIM stand for, John? Agape International Missions. And uh, this is a little bit of what this is all about. Let's show that. There's so many people that have no idea what's going on. They don't understand about the torture, the severe abuse that these girls go through. Forced sexual abuse is a global problem and something must be done about it. International Missions, we're committed to four things. We prevent, we rescue, we restore, and we reintegrate. We're seeking out the toughest communities where girls are being trafficked. We're moving in and we're transforming these communities from the inside out. We're reaching out to the community through a children's program, a free school, a free clinic, and through community service, teaching them that they're worth being poured into and their children are too. We have a kickboxing gym, reaching out to pimps and traffickers, using the love of Christ to show them what a real man looks like. We have over a thousand churches throughout Cambodia who are being trained and developed to respond to the specific needs as they come up. We're building up the next generation of young leaders and sending them out to spread the love of Christ throughout the country. Through working in these communities, partnering with churches and building relationships, we're receiving leads about children in slavery. We're acting on these leads through the use of undercover investigations and local law enforcement partnerships to rescue these children and stop the supply at the source. We have a full-time home for girls rescued out of sex slavery where they can receive love in a healthy way and learn to give love in a healthy way. Part of a restored life is viable employment, so we've created an employment center where girls can support themselves and their families while working in a safe and empowering environment. We also have two transitional homes where girls can receive the support they need while they begin their restored life. Come on up. John was born in India, and his uh, mom and dad brought him and his brother to the United States. How old were you, John, when you came to the U.S.? Eight? Seventeen. And uh, and so... (laughs) But he's the size of an eight-year-old. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, you are going to uh, love John's heart and what God has laid on his heart. Welcome. Give him a warm welcome. Uh, 
um, I'm very thankful for this opportunity because uh, uh, it's been a prayer of over seven years. Uh, so when I was 14 years old, uh, that's when I first really gave my life to Jesus uh, in India in a, in a youth camp. Uh, but my real growth happened when I moved to the U.S. Um, I had some faithful people in my life, my pastor in Florida and my Campus Crusade for Christ staff and my community college just poured into me day in and day out. And uh, one thing was key to me was um, about the gospel was there's one thing about sharing the gospel with people and being shy and being afraid. But for me, the very thought of sharing the gospel with the lost was never there. And that really wrecked me in the next two years I was in that community college where I saw the power of the gospel to save the people who are lost. And ever since then, I got open doors for me to serve overseas um, in eight different uh, in eight different missional journeys to uh, Africa, Cambodia, Haiti, and in North India and South India. And um, I've been praying for the opportunity, God, where, where and when am I supposed to go? Um, so uh, in 2009, I told my parents and my pastor at the time, you know what, this is it, I am jumping the ship, I'm going to go, uh, where the Lord leads me to a country and go to Bible college and learn about the, uh, the scriptures more and preach the gospel at that time. My parents and my pastor did not were not for it, but not against it either. And they said, one of the things my pastor said to me, John, if God has called you, who's made to tell you? And at that time, I realized it was not the time. And for the next few years, I prayed, prayed about it, went through engineering school, uh, got my MBA in project management, and led, uh, I currently lead missions trip to Haiti every year. Uh, brought uh, together with the team, uh, taking over hundreds of people to Haiti. And that has been my desire to do missions full-time. And this past November, I had the opportunity to go to Cambodia and um, just saw firsthand uh, what human trafficking is. And it's like, to give you a picture, consider your... Mother, your sister, your daughters, who are trafficked as young as two years old for sex, being tortured for a few amount of dollars. And you're talking about mothers and fathers selling their own daughters. And what AIM does is a, a, a holistic approach. And my desire is to bring the gospel of Jesus to this men and women who are exploiters or who are becoming victims. So AIM offered me a position after I had this past November three rounds of interviews with them over hours of conversation. I just came back from Sacramento meeting their team. They offered me a position for the director of Cambodia operations. And that what that position allows me allows me to enable uh, other uh, Cambodians uh, to really uh, see the heart of God and disciple young men and women for Jesus Christ and to take the gospel to the innermost villages. To give you an idea of Cambodia, Cambodia is about, about 15 million people. 96% is followers of Buddhism. 
2% is Muslim, so less than 2% are Christian. This is a totally unreached and unengaged place. So in the village that we ran, they have never seen white people. When they looked at me, they were like, what are you? <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I'm an Indian. <laughs> so it's uh, some of those stories you'll hear where these people have never heard Jesus. Uh, they've never have had a Bible held in their hands. But there is a Bible in entire Kumai. There, there are tools. There's Jesus films. And there are tools to present the gospel in their language. Um, so uh, my current commitment is for two years to spend uh, in Cambodia. And it's a big step of faith for me because uh, this is my first time stepping out full time. I'll be uh, joyfully le- leaving my, my job at the base. Uh, <laughs> and I'm excited for it. And I just want to kind of give you guys uh, a biblical and practical reasons and focus on some of the scriptures that have spoken to me. If you want to turn, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Romans 1 with me. In Romans 1, it talks about verse um, Verse 18 on says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And, and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. And what Paul is saying is that we all have the knowledge of God. Everybody. But the unique things about about a, a place and country like Cambodia is that their story ends in condemnation. Their story ends in condemnation and David Platts puts it beautifully. He says, worse than being lost is that there's no one looking for you. So there are two billion people right now who have never heard the gospel. And their eternal destination right now is eternal damnation is hell. They are destined for eternity in hell without Jesus. And I hope that will stir your heart that without Christ there's none. Our clothes, our good jobs, our wealth, our homes, our cars will not take us to heaven. And that's what compels me to share the gospel with people. Because they don't have the resources. There's no one going there. And their story ends in condemnation. No one is telling them the good news of Jesus. There's no one there. So I pray that God will stir your affections to know there's God who loves these men and women, that these women are loved by God. They're beautiful. They are created in the image of God. You and I are created in the image of God. That means we carry the glory of God. 
That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Our life exists to give God all the glory. You and I are under obligation, as Paul said, you and I are under obligation to share this gospel. For those who have never heard. So, my dear church family, there is... There is no plan B. There is only plan A. And God uses you and me to share the gospel. God can use the winds. You know, He can just write it out. You know, you got to know Jesus. But God does not do, do, doesn't do that. He's not doing visions. Even in the in the New Testament, the visions God uses man in those visions. The primary tool of sharing the gospel with people is you and I. Is God's people. And you and I who have given been, who have given so much, who have come to knowledge of Jesus Christ, you and I have the responsibility to share the gospel for, for those who have never heard the gospel. So AIM has been working for the last 26 years. They have 12 projects on the ground and they reach out, uh, they, their work impacts about 10,000 people a year. There were 1,000 plus churches reaching out in entire parts, entire country of Cambodia. And in my position, I have the capacity and the opportunity to have an impact at an organizational level to really serve a lot of these Cambodians who are rescued. Uh, and it's a four phase, like they mentioned in the video. It's uh, prevention, it's rescue, their restoration and reintegration. It's a holistic approach center around the gospel. So their vision is through the love of Jesus Christ to his followers will defeat the evil of sex trafficking and sexual slavery. The mission of Agape International Mission is to rescue, restore, reintegrate survivors of sex trafficking through Christ's love and the gospel. To prevent sexual slavery by planting and equipping the church to do the same in vulnerable and exploited communities worldwide. Every number is a life. Every day a woman spends in traffic being trafficked is too long. Every girl is too many. So I pray as I have made this decision to move that my new church family will pray for me, will test my character, and uh, I'll love for you guys to support me financially as I step out into this journey. My desire is to be there sometime in March. Um, I have a huge goal ahead. And one of the things that I've been convicted of is I want to be obedient to Christ. I have a good paying job. I have all the degrees and papers, but that does not mean anything in God's. God qualifies the one he calls, and God has called me, and I want to be obedient to that call. So I want to thank you guys for this time. Thank you for Pastor Bill. And I appreciate your prayers. And John will be praying for you at the conclusion of our service as well. But I've, I hope you've heard both of these hearts. They have the mind of Christ. It's not about them. Their life is nothing. It's about Him, and it's about 
taking the gospel to others. That was Jesus' mind. And Paul says the mind of Christ is to be our mind. And that doesn't mean we have to be a missionary to have the mind of Christ. We need to be having the mind of Christ right here. You know, that we're not drawing any lines of things that we're not willing to cross, that we're not willing to do, that we truly are emptying ourselves of ourselves and doing whatever God calls us to do, even if it's right here in Ridgecrest, even if it's right here in Emmanuel Baptist Church, to have the mind of Christ wherever God would have us to be. And uh, and many of you are like that. When you hear of needs and ministry opportunities, you, your heart's desire to sign me up. Where do you want me to be? Or uh, how can I give? And uh, and we witnessed that again this uh, this uh, Christmas season as we were sharing the need about Takati and uh, doing the Jesus birthday party over the border. And uh, I've asked Susan to come and just uh, share some highlights of uh, what they were able to do because you had the mind of Christ to give of your resources. So, uh, Susan, come on up and, and share. And she loves to do this, too. <laughs> This is the first I knew that he only asked me to share. (laughs) I thought I was going to be surrounded by all those people that went with me. Bill, you're in trouble when we go. You have so much to share. That man, I tell you. Well, I thought a whole team was sharing, and um, so I really tried to step back and say, what is the one thing that stood out to me the most on this trip? And if I knew I was the only one sharing, I may have rethought this, but I don't think on my feet, so you're going to get it. Um, a young man who is now 31 and a church planter in Ensenada, came up to me um, the last evening that we were in Tecate, and he said, how's your son? And I looked at him, and I'm like, which one of my sons? Because they've both been to Tecate several times. And he said, the older one, was it Kyle? And I said, yeah, and he's doing well. He's planting a church in San Francisco. And anyway, he said, do you remember the trip that Kyle gave me his coat? And I thought, oh, I remember we got home and I was a little frustrated (laughs) that Kyle left his coat with this young man. And I I couldn't tell you if it was in Ensenada or Tecate because I I have this big blur um, because we've gone back and forth. So anyway, fast forward, and this is what I was trying to share with Bill. And it got so complicated, I made a flow chart. Um, So come here, dear. It may not be big enough for you to see, but what I stepped back and looked at was my legacy um, that I have received in terms of my love for the people in Mexico. 
And for those of you who have been around here very long, um, how many of you remember Lila Labonte? Okay, so at the top of my flowchart is Lila and, of course, her sweet husband, Don. Um, probably in the early 60s, they started taking their kids to Mexico. And they would go to Ensenada, and they just loved on the people in Ensenada. So Janine, who is right here on my flow chart, um, was one of their children that went to Ensenada. Now, small world where Jesus is involved, Janine and her husband moved to Ridge or to Highland where Bill and I started our ministry 34 years ago and were our very dear friends in youth ministry and they said to us we need to take the youth group to um to Mexico and so Bill and I having never met Leela um got on board with John and Janine and started taking our youth group from Highland to Mexico so this is where it gets really crazy. Leela met Pastor Ramon and Sandra um, in Ensenada before they were ever married. They've been married 30-some years. Anyway, um, they moved from Ensenada to Tecate. And when Bill and I moved from Highland, see, I told you it was complicated. <laughs> When we moved from Highland to Ridgecrest, um, the church that we had been working with in Ensenada was doing very well. And it's like, we need to take these kids to Mexico. So guess who's here? Leela, who actually was Janine's mom and dad. Or Anyway, who put the love of missions and the people in Mexico in Janine's heart, who shared it with Bill and I, who then went from Ensenada to Tecate, where we met Pastor Ramon. The young man who Kyle gave his coat to is married to Pastor Ramon's daughter, Abby. (laughs) And... um, you know, I as I was really praying, what I wanted to say to all of you today, thank you for your support. We couldn't do it without you. But the thing that God really just laid on my heart was the love of missions, the love of people is passed down. And, you know, Bill and I would have never started going to Mexico if it weren't for Leela who we didn't know for 20 years after we started going to Mexico. Well, not quite that long. But anyway, you can see how it's passed down. And um, this church has been so mission-minded. And the last couple years, the last few years, we haven't taken a whole lot of youth to Tecate. Um, Our youth group is a little smaller, but... I would encourage, especially you young parents, think about going with your kids. I know it's hard to send them without you. Um, But think about how to pass down that mind of Christ that Bill was talking about, the the love for the people in Mexico. Um, Our kids that went to Cal Baptist every year beg their teachers let me take my finals early so i can go on this mission trip to mexico it's in their hearts they love these people allison couldn't wait to take logan logan how many times have you been with us twice he's 10 and he's already been with us so i would encourage you 
passports for Mexico you can get for 35 or 40 dollars. You don't have to buy the great big ones. Start planning to take your kids, to send your kids, your grandkids, um, so that they develop that same heart for missions. Um, because you know what? The legacy that Leela started can't stop here. It needs to keep going. So thank you again for your generosity. Good job, dear. I knew you could do it. And you're getting more and more confident each time you get up here. Yeah. Uh, well, I too say thank you. And uh, Nathan uh, mentioned to me, Pastor Hector said that uh, that there were 50 children who prayed to receive Christ uh, at the Jesus birthday party. And, and 12 adults that weekend. So to God be the glory. God be the glory. <clears throat> and uh, Susan's right. You know, you want to see your children um, grow up and follow Christ and have a have a heart that um, it's not about them. It's about God and it's about others. Well, it starts with mom and dad. You have to to be the examples to your children. You don't, you don't send them, you take them. And, um, and that is so very important. And, uh, and, and there's one person, another person we need to be praying for this morning. A person who really wanted to be on a plane flight right now. And that's Frederick Henderson. Uh, he was, had ready, was ready to go to Togo with the team. The, to, the team is, are they in the air now? With five minutes, wow, okay. Okay, so uh, the venue didn't hear that, but uh, they are in a pl- plane uh, now, but five minutes to spare in, in getting on that plane. But Oh wow. Okay. They but they made it. But one person who wasn't able to to be on that plane flight was Frederick. And the reason why is because his passport had expired and dad didn't know it. Um Tara and Frederick had both gotten their passports at the same time several years ago, and uh, Fred looked at Tara's passport, and she was good to go. It hadn't expired yet, but he assumed that uh, Frederick's was the same. And Frederick, when he obtained his passport at the same time, because he was younger, they only gave him a five-year uh, visa or passport as opposed to the 10 for Tara. And they didn't realize this until last night. And so there is a disappointed young man. But I am reminded of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says, you know, man may have their plans, but God directs the steps. And so there is a reason why Frederick has 
had to stay behind right now. But uh, So let's pray for him because we know that uh, he is uh, disappointed. He wants to be on that plane flight as well. But there will be more opportunities down, down the road. But again, this is the heart of a missionary. It's not about him. It's about God and others. And Jesus says that we, or Paul says, we have all got to have the mind of Christ as we follow him. So you've heard some hearts this morning, and these are some great examples of what we are all to be in Christ Jesus. So I want us to have a word of prayer, and we're going to have a time of invitation. Maybe God's spoken to your heart, and and uh, God's leading you to uh, to be part of the mission field. He wants somebody to pray with you this morning. Uh, we always do an invitation uh, in our service, and uh, this isn't just uh, just to exercise our, our limbs. No, this is an opportunity for people whom God is speaking to to uh, continue to pursue Him. And if you need prayer this morning, we have elders in the dining hall that would... Uh, would uh, would love to have further prayer with you as God is prodding your heart. So we want you to take advantage of this time. But let's go to the Lord in prayer as we prepare for our invitation. Father, thank you for what our hearts have heard this morning. And uh, God, people's love for you and wanting to... Uh, to just serve you, Lord, to be that that servant of Christ that uh, is here not for themselves but for for you and others. And God, they are willing to leave everything behind and the, the people that they love the most to follow you to the ends of the earth, to share the gospel, the good news with people who've never heard God, maybe you are speaking to others' hearts here in this service this morning. I pray that you would have your way with them. That, that Lord, as they listen, as they um, sense your call in their life, may they pursue that call and, and not be looking at the things that they would have to be giving up. If Jesus had had that heart, that... He was having to give up heaven and, and the glory and the, the presence of the Father, the, the affirmation and the love of the Father. Had He held on to those things, God, we would still be hopelessly lost in our, our sin and bondage. Thank you, Jesus, for making the ultimate sacrifice. Help us, help us to have Your mind always. That's not about me. It's not about any one of us. It's about you and others. Thank you, Father, for this, this reminder this morning. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please, as we sing this song? If God is leading you to pray with someone, please join us in the dining hall.